Marine veteran Zach Morrow is a seasoned real estate and cryptocurrency hedge fund manager who protected three different U.S. presidents while serving on a Marine presidential security force. He now focuses on serving investors through alternative asset classes like blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and specific sectors of real estate as the VP of Investor Relations for Boron Capital. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union serves all branches of the military and the families of service members and veterans of all branches. To learn more, go to NavyFederal.org. All right, so Zach Morrow with Boron Capital. Zach, thanks for being here today. We actually tried to do this last week, had some technical issues, but uh, we were able to uh, reattack and we're back here again uh, doing it one more time. So hopefully we'll be good this time. You got some interesting things to talk about in the Marine Corps. You have kind of a unique career, uh, something I don't know if I've really heard of before. I don't know anybody that's done that. So take us back. Tell us what you did in the Marine Corps. Yeah, absolutely. So glad to be here, Joe. And, you know, for those those who don't know, Joe retired as Lieutenant Colonel in the Marine Corps. I spent five years in the Marine Corps. So now I'm sitting here and I'm like, Joe, I think I should be calling you, sir, you know, <laughs> for the rest of the interview. I want to make sure we're respectful, right? Our customs <laughs> and courtesies. But um, so I entered the Marine Corps going in um, as an 0311. And so I was going in Marine Infantry, Rifleman. And um, during boot camp, um, one day drill instructor came and grabbed me and was like, recruit Moro, you got to go over here, report huh. over to this building at this time. And I'm like, what the heck is going on yeah, here? What have I, I done? mean, yeah, nobody wants to be, uh, you know, off on their own singled out during a uh, boot camp. So I don't know what I'm going over there for, but you know, I got to report over to this building and walk in and there's, you know, a handful of people in there, other recruits and, uh, the Marine in there starts asking questions, you know, and, just some standard generic background questions. You know, who's ever, you know, um, gotten in trouble like this? Raise your hand. It was like, get out. Who's ever had X, Y, and Z happen? Get out. Who's ever had a speeding ticket? Get out. You know, and it was just like, what the heck is going on here? And, um, you know, by the end of that brief questioning, um, I was still in the room. And um, I guess that was all they needed for the day. <laughs> Sent me back and kind of was like, you'll get additional orders at some point. And so that led to a series of additional interviews, um, uh, psychological evaluation tests, you know, personality tests, uh, interviews with boards uh, and things like that. And then eventually um, found out we were more or less being vetted for what's called the Marine Presidential Support Program or a Yankee White Program. And uh, what that means is, you know, you fast forward, you go to School of Infantry, you then from there get stationed down for training in Chesapeake Bay, Virginia, at, near Virginia Beach. And we go through Marine Security Force training. And then from there, ended up in uh, D.C. at Marine Barracks, Washington, 8th and I. No kidding. I don't know if, I don't know if I've yeah. ever heard of that program. I certainly don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever talked to somebody that's been in that program, which kind of reminds me, last week we were up in, uh, my wife and a bunch of friends, I was up in Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina. And we went over and visited Paris Island in Beaufort also, um, and we're, we're rolling through, we're in, 
we're in Paris Island. There was a boot camp graduation and we're buying a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of Marine Corps gear and stuff. You know, you got to do that every time you go to the exchange nowadays. So t-shirts and stickers and all that. And the guy checking us out is a sergeant in Marine Corps uniform. And I'm like, okay, this, this is the first. I've never seen a Marine in uniform running the register at the exchange. And he says, well, actually, yeah, it is my MOS. And I'm like, really? Yeah, Marine Corps Community Services. Like, there's only about 100 of us in the whole Marine Corps. I'm like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> All those MOSs you never heard of before. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. So you were in the Marine Corps for five years, did some interesting things, actually uh, got some bullets on your resume, say that you, you can actually say you guarded some presidents. Yeah. So, so in DC, you start there at 8th and I on, on a security force. That's the home of the Commandant. Uh, home of the assistant commandant and some of the leading generals for the Marine Corps. Um, and then we also run security down at the, um, the Navy yard for mm-hmm. uh, the chief Naval officer as well. So right there um, is really kind of your vetting program. So you're continuing there, you're on the job doing security. Uh, but at the same time, you're under evaluation to be moved uh, once your uh, TSSCI clearance comes through. So that's a, you know, a high level top secret clearance. And then at that point, you can be deemed eligible to move. And then that's where uh, these those Marines secure Camp David. And we run security for a department of the White House called the White House Communications Agency. And so we're the full security force for for those um, those operations there. And so, yeah, during that time, I got to work uh, security directly for George W. Bush, uh, President Obama. And then, you know, I, I'd say maybe by default technicality, you know, now President Biden, who was vice president then, obviously we got to work for him as well. So mm. that would make three presidents now kind of by by default. Got in on a technicality <laughs> on the third one, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So five years in, in the Marine Corps, what what was your transition like? Were you were you trying to get out, looking to stay in? Was it a surprise? You knew, you knew it was coming. Yeah, so so I knew I knew the contract. So so to do this program because of um the potential additional time of the top secret clearance, you have to do a five-year program. And so about two and a half years in, I got married and had my first child. And that kind of changed some things for me as far as perspective, you know, um, as far as what I was looking to do and how I was looking to do it. And um, so, yeah, I knew at the end of my term, I was planning on um, getting out. And, you know, that, that, that decision was made probably, um, you know, about three years in, I knew I was kind of prepping for transition and um, looking at a couple different options. As far as like, whenever I was going into the Marine Corps, one thing I was really interested in was federal law enforcement. And so, you know, as far as my resume went, I was doing all the right things to build a really strong resume for uh, federal law enforcement. But, um, you know, things started shifting as far as what I was looking to do um, as my family grew. And so, you know, I wasn't hundred percent certain as to exactly what I wanted to do when I got out, but I knew I wanted to uh, put myself in a position to um, create more financial freedom and more time freedom uh, for myself and my family. And so, you know, whenever I got out, I'll just tell you, you know, everybody's going to think I'm a little crazy, but just full transparency, I did not have a job waiting for me. Um, I was planning, I was going back to school full time. And um, at the time, you know, anybody, I'm sure all the, all the vets and military guys listening here, you know, training happens internal. So for our security force, you know, I was trained as a Marine Corps martial arts instructor and I was a combat fitness specialist. So I'd done a lot of training and schooling for physical fitness. And so at that point, you know, I'd done, you know, externals uh, certifications and things like that. And I was like, look, um, 
I knew I wanted to build a business and I thought to myself, I'll go to school full time. I'll work full time, you know, training. I'll go get a job, you know, at you know, whatever the best establishment is uh, there locally. And um, I'll figure out a way to build my own business. And that's really what I did is uh, as soon as I got back, you know, the, the school semester was starting. I started attending Texas Tech University here in Lubbock, Texas. And um, at the time, you know, I went and found what I thought was the best gym in town and um, walked in to get my gym membership because I was going to be working out. And then I went and talked to the general manager and said, you know, hey, I just came to town. I'd be interested in knowing if you guys are hiring. And uh, they actually brought me back in the next day for an interview and hired me. So it worked out uh, maybe maybe a little bit different than it would for some people. But um, that was kind of my mentality was I'll figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I suppose I, I was winging it a little bit. Yeah, I suppose you're probably, I'd be one to bet you're in the majority that most, most folks get, getting out don't, don't have a plan, let, let alone have a job waiting for them. So uh, coming out of school, um, what was your transition into the, into the big boy job market? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's been a growing one, right? I've been out for uh, almost 10 years now. And um, really that first year back, I had made a goal that within the first year of being back, I'd open my own business. And so what I was doing is while I was going to school, um, again, I was working full time. I was working on opening my own business. And what I did was I started by opening my own training studio. So I had a gym and training studio and um, ended up getting that going and was growing that business. And, you know, quickly realized that um, just because you're good at a trade doesn't mean you're good at running a business. And uh, so I, I quickly had to start learning how to really run a business. Right. And, um, you know, my pursuit of education quickly shifted to, you know, kind of becoming a business owner, a CEO, rather than just being a tradesman. I had the trade down uh, as far as everything goes, but um, now I was working on you know, managing employees and managing books and, and uh, bringing in more revenue and all of those sorts of things. And so, you know, I continue to educate myself in that space. And um, while I was doing some formal school and some, you know, obviously other uh, continuing education, uh, what ended up really changing a lot of things for me was um, I ended up finding a gentleman locally here who was very successful as, um, as an investor and running an investment firm. And um, what ended up happening is uh, he began training uh, at the facility and we developed a relationship. And over that time um, I was training him and we ended up where he began mentoring me in business. So he was consulting for my business and I was learning directly from him um, really how to run and manage a business well. And so um, that continued on for actually a couple of years while I was growing the business and had expanded the location and uh, opened up to a full, full service 24 seven facility and things like that. And, you know, eventually kind of came to a changing point in my life. And, you know, this part of the story really um, lends itself back to the the fact that um, I'll just tell you, I, without preaching to anybody, but um, I, I left the Marine Corps with really not a lot of faith in much. And, um, you know, that shifted for me a couple years later um, where, you know, my faith changed and um, that led me to wanting to pursue a different path. And I ended up selling what I was working on. And um, in that transition period of selling those things and transitioning out of them, um, the gentleman who had been mentoring me for quite a few years um, slowly started asking me, Hey, you want to come try and help out on this? I need some help on this. And I was doing some work with him during the transition. And uh, eventually he said, Hey, what do you think about coming and doing this full time? And so you know, I didn't know what that looked like. I was going from, you know, obviously the Marine Corps where, you know, obviously a hundred percent of your life is ran 
by the organization to mm-hmm. now I'd spent many years where I was the boss and, um, you know, learning, growing business for myself. And then now I'm working out, you know, coming back to work with and for a company. And so, um, I ended up deciding to come over and, uh, you know, I came over in 2017 and have now been with the company five years, which kind of brings us to where we're at today, you know, um, yeah, you know, so it, 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 it all capital here, you're, you're doing some coaching training at your gym and get to, get to talking to somebody. I mean, there's just, you never know who you're talking to. So you never know what, what one of those, uh, fostered right. <laughs> networking relationships can turn into. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So hold that thought. As a 32 year member of Navy federal, I can verify that Navy federal gets the military. May is Military Appreciation Month, and no one appreciates the military more than Navy Federal. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. Members can enjoy an average earnings and savings of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the industry average, an average credit card APR 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member services, over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag Mission Military Thanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Give Back Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Give Back Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020. Published on CreditCards.com. All right, back talking with Marine veteran Zach Morrow from Boron Capital. So, Zach, you're you're running your gym, doing some personal training with somebody. Get to know this guy, kind of takes a liking to you. Um, I want to ask, like, what what is what do you think it is that this guy saw in you? I mean, you're you're a personal trainer at a gym, you're running a gym, which is all good. But how did he think you? You know, why do you think he wanted to bring you over to uh, Boron Capital? Yeah, I think that's probably the most important question because for everyone listening, I think that it can be difficult, you know, wondering like, what do you have to offer in other job markets, right? And so, you know, one thing that I learned from him and that now we continue to apply is we're looking for people that have the right, what you might call like soft skills. These are the skills that they're the intangibles that are much more difficult to teach. And so, you know, in any job environment, there's hard skills, which are, you know, if you need to, you know, type on a computer, do you know how to type, right? (laughs) Do you know how to actually run the models and do the things, operate the equipment, whatever it is? Well, this was a, something that I even implemented at the gym is I was looking for people, not necessarily that had the best training resume, but the people that had the best qualities to lead them to being successful in the role that I was looking to hire. Mm -hmm. And this is really what uh, came out uh, from Boron Capital to me was they were looking for somebody who could help work with people, who could help manage relationships, who could understand the business and 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 then also have, I'm going to bring out some Marine Corps here, but the honor, the courage and the commitment, the integrity um, yeah. to come in and actually operate with inside the company. And so, you know, we've talked about it and he's come back and shared with me, you know, it was your drive I saw a relentlessness where you showed up every day. You continued to get better. You had a desire to grow, to learn, to be coachable, um, to continue to um, 
learn not just whenever I was showing up to teach you, but to go take what I was helping you with and then grow it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of my first sergeants, whenever I was in, you know, he, he told me grow where you're planted. And that was obviously more applicable in the Marine Corps because they're putting you somewhere. Mm-hmm. But basically what he was trying to tell, tell me was wherever you're at, you need to do your best, take charge to thrive, take responsibility for thriving in your environment. And so, you know, for me, I was studying all the things of, you know, business development. I was studying the things of, you know, how to, how to lead with integrity, how to have honor, how to have courage. And um, those intangibles were what transitioned to allow me to then be coachable in this role. Cause I didn't have all the exact um, credentials to, you know, be working in investor relations or to be working with investments directly at the time. But those are the skills that got worked on after I transitioned. It was the skills that came really over from, you know, my time in the Marine Corps and my time, you know, never giving up, improvising, adapting, overcoming uh, to whatever, whatever was in front of me. And so, you know, something that I share with people uh, now is that, you know, we have to realize that opportunities are around us all the time. There's opportunities and relationships and partnerships and uh, investments and things happening all the time. But, you know, opportunity is something that you have to be prepared for. Otherwise, it's not an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for the person that's already prepared. So if you want to actually be able to take advantage of an opportunity, you need to be preparing now to learn the skills, the traits, the abilities inside the space where you're looking to grow. And so, you know, and just because, you know, you don't necessarily have all of those characteristics as far as hard skills today, if you're consistently showing up to learn, to grow, to be coachable, um, you're going to be in a, in a great position for opportunity to uh, connect with you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've heard this same story a number of times on the podcast cause talking in transition, somebody gets out of the military, they're doing one thing, but there's, they're motivated. Um, I had one guy say, I was like, why did this guy hire you out of nowhere? He's like, he said, cause I had tact. It's like, I never, I don't mm. ruin it. And that's, yeah. that's one of the Marine Corps leadership traits. Um, he goes, he, this guy knew, this guy told me that I had tact. He goes, hardly anybody my age has any kind of tact whatsoever. And the guy noticed it right away. Um, so the soft skills are the things that the military thrives in. It, it's getting along with people. It's leadership. It's staying motivated in the face of being cold, wet, tired, and hungry. It's, it's all those things yeah. that the military really pushes and, and trains you on. Unfortunately, and a lot of companies still don't even still don't get it. Companies hire based off of hard skills, resume bullets, qualifications, three letter and four letter identifiers after your name, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people have figured out, some people have figured out, it's really the soft skills. Look, I can't, I can't train you and I can't give you the soft skills, but if you have the soft skills, I'll give you, I'll teach you the hard skill part. Yeah. It's actually way easier to train the hard skill. It is. Right. So, um, it, it's so much easier. So for those of you guys out there, I mean, continue to be encouraged. If you're in transition, I mean, you have intangible qualities that people are looking to hire and you just, you need to one, know the value yourself so that you can then represent that value when you're going out, because you're going to have certain things that are head and shoulders above the people that other people that they're looking at. Yeah. And that's why, that's why getting out and networking and making connections and meeting people on a daily basis 
is a way better job to get is a way better way to get a job than actually filling out your ZipRecruiter and Indeed applications and wondering why nobody's calling you back. You got to get out there and get discovered. Um, you said really how you kind of have to look at it. So, so Boron Capital. It sounds like you guys are you guys are into some cryptocurrencies, some other things. It sounds like there's some interesting things happening. So tell us what's what's happening at Boron Capital. Yeah, for sure. So um, again, Blake Templeton was the one who who hired me and brought me over uh, years ago. But he started the company back in 2006 as an investment firm, and the investment firm really for the first you know 14, 15 years was almost exclusively real estate investment. Hmm. And um, with inside that space, the means of investment has kind of molded and changed over the years to, you know, what they felt was uh, best suited for the current climate, but um, it continues to invest into real estate. Right now we're focused in self storage and mobile home communities. So we go out and we buy these operations, we then run and manage them. And then we create what's called an investment fund, uh, which is an investment structure that allows investors to then invest passively into these uh, investments and then put their money to work in these types of asset classes uh, along a group of professionals. And then, you know, it was just a couple of years ago that um, the company started going and adding an additional direction, which was blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. And so we now actually operate a hedge fund focused in blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. And so all of these are really for what's called accredited investors. And um, they're for investors who are looking to gain exposure into these asset classes and uh, put their money to work again with a team of professionals and um, not have to go and be the operator themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we do now is now I work with investors, I work with uh, these funds and I help uh, put these structures together so that investors investors can gain opportunity uh, to invest alongside of us into them. Can you... Are you, are you able to talk about uh, why self-storage uh, facilities are a good investment these days? What's going on? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, every investment is going to offer different things. And so even with inside each asset class, like self-storage specifically, right, there's different ways to invest into self-storage, mm-hmm. right? There's different people who are leveraging self-storage in different ways to create a return on investment. For us, we believe that the current economic environment is maybe a little bit uncertain. And in uncertain times, we really like great tangible investments that have strong cash flow. And self-storage and mobile home communities um, have been the top producers of what's called net operating income or cash flow. Uh, really for the last 25 years running and they've shown to be recession resistant, meaning that they do well during, you know, uh, less thriving economic times. Mm -hmm. And so we're moving into these areas and have been uh, for some time now for their longevity, for their ability to help um, outpace inflation, to help protect capital, and then to help produce strong cash flows for more stability, um, during both an up and a down market. And so that's really the, the reason we invest into these assets of real estate and uh, why we're uh, going into uh, these specific investments. And we're, we're using long-term holds. So our, our theory there is, is really to create a, a foundation for the portfolio of strong tangible assets that continue to cash flow in both up and down markets. And so we're, we're focusing on long-term holds there. Now, crypto on the other side has a 
more of an opportunity as far as an emerging market, yeah. right? So you have kind of the, the strong tested, you know, foundational element to our portfolio. And then we have the crypto side, which is, you know, I think most people consider a bit more aggressive. Um, it's more of an emerging market and uh, there's a lot more upside there, but it is a technology that we believe will be foundational and, you know, utilized in really every facet of society over the coming decade. And so, you know, our exposure there is because we believe in the opportunity is much greater than the risk. And um, I think that we would be on the side that would say the risk is actually much less than most people would assume it to be just because we think it has such a strong likelihood of success over uh, the coming years. Now, of course, you have to manage the right way. You got to, you know, move into the markets the right way and things like that. But um, Mm -hmm. uh, these two areas are areas that we really believe in. And so, you know, our portfolio as a company, we choose it because it's what we want to be invested into, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not just, you know, taking people's money and investing it out over, uh, you know, a broad spectrum of things. We actually are investing with our investors. We make money with them. We're partners with them rather than, um, you know, we're not brokers or financial advisors or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you typically... Uh, I know with the mobile home park, you said you you, per, you tend to go around and purchase mobile home parks that already exist. Is that the same with with a lot of the storage units? You go around and dig, you know, purchase existing ones, or you actually guys get into developing new ones at all? Yeah. So so presently, uh, we're focused on purchasing ones that are already in operation. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, over the years, there have been properties that we do develop, um, but we've we've kind of shifted our real estate out of development and are now looking more towards long-term holds. And so acquiring, you know, already, already operational and then focusing on being able to bring in good management and help increase the returns there rather than just building it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little difference between blockchain technology and crypto? Yeah, for sure. So, so blockchain technology is the actual technology that all of these cryptocurrencies are built upon. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you might think of like um, the internet being a technology, and then you've got a lot of different applications of how the internet is used. So that might be the simplest way to think about it is blockchain technology is a technology that allows for secure transacting. And um, it's what they would call like trustless, meaning there's no need for securing third parties to rely on. The actual technology itself maintains uh, data in such a way that you're able to transact in a very transparent and secure way. So any way in which um, transacting is done or communication or things like that um, via any digital means like we're doing right now um, can utilize blockchain technology to help bring a more secure uh, infrastructure underneath it. And so cryptocurrencies, you've got a vast array of different currencies that are being built. Now the term broadly used is currency, but I think it's important for most people to understand these actually aren't currencies. They're not trying to be the dollar. They're not trying to replace the dollar. Um, It's just a term that's really been mislabeled. Uh, A lot of these are, you know, assets. Some of them would be considered more like property and some of them actually could be considered a form of currency. Um, But they're trying to solve real world application and they're trying to bring in Uh, new ways to interact and secure transacting digitally. And this is from from contract negotiations to voting, to medical records, to title work in real estate, to payroll services, 
I mean, there's a vast array of different things that are being built um, utilizing this new technology. But the internet was kind of the first wave as far as digital technology. And then now blockchain technology would really be like uh, an undergirding technology that helps secure uh, transaction and interaction uh, through a digital world. And so there's many, many applications being built uh, on top of it. Yeah. So what else can you, with, with Boron and, and your transition out of the gym, <laughs> what, um, have you actually, have you been, been able to build some more time and space in uh, financial freedom doing what you're doing now? Yes. And, um, you know, right now with what we do, it, it allows me one to be more focused on business and the business focus to actually create something that's longer term and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And it's really just for anybody out there who's thinking about wealth building, you know, wealth is really a measurement of, you know, how much let's just call it money or assets you have uh, versus, you know, really a time measurement. So, you know, one could be extremely wealthy if they have an extremely low expense ratio, right? If they have very little, they spend money on, but then they have a smaller, you know, let's call it nest egg. Well, they might have 20 years worth of wealth. They could live off their wealth for 20 years without ever bringing in another dollar. But some people obviously have a very high income and um, that would, and they may have more money in their nest egg, but it actually would go way, way shorter. Well, you know, I really believe that the, the way to financial freedom is about asset accumulation, being able to buy, own and control things that continue to make you money, regardless of your, you know, time in them, right? So you're looking for things that continue to make you money. We call those assets, liabilities or any things that are costing you money on a regular basis, right? So we want to grow that asset column and then allow those assets to pay for our liabilities rather than just taking our income and putting those directly towards liabilities, right? right. So focus on asset accumulation. And, um, you know, that can be businesses, that can be, you know, specific investments. Could it be crypto? It could be crypto, it could be real estate. There's a lot of ways to go out and increase income and grow assets. Um, we, we obviously believe in growing in real estate and crypto. Those are our main areas of growth that we focus on. Um, but the individuals listening to this may, may believe in something different. Obviously, if we sat down one-on-one, I'd probably try and convince you, um, in our direction because Mm -hmm. it's what we believe in, you know, regardless of whether or not you do it with us, I think that everybody needs to be studying blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. I mean, even the U S government, uh, from the white house has put out an order stating that they want to lead the way as far as crypto goes. So the, the way in which it's growing and uh, the rate at which it's growing is, um, is quite astonishing. And I think everybody's going to be impacted by it way sooner than they think. So spending time now would be extremely important. Awesome. Well, Hey Zach, if somebody's interested in finding out more about Boron Capital and what you guys do, how would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> actually now I think about it, I'm talking, I'm preaching about, you know, going and learning. Um, I actually just did, I can get everybody access. I just did a masterclass on crypto, kind of a one-on-one. Um, I think it's about two and a half hours. I did it for a private wealth group, but I can get everybody, all the listeners access if you want, Joe. Oh, yeah, um, so if anybody just wants to learn more, you could go in and do the masterclass. Um, that would be for education. But if somebody's thinking they want to learn more about the actual investments, um, I would say that, um, you know, number one, we're only allowed to work with accredited investors. 
Um, essentially what that means is, and it's not our rule, it's a federal mandate, but um, a net worth of a million or more, excluding primary residents or an income over 200,000 or more as an individual, 300,000 joint uh, with a spouse. Um, if you fall into that bracket and you want to learn more about our actual investment options, um, you can reach out to us as well. I'm going to, I'll give a text line and anybody that texts in, I'll give them access to the, to the masterclass and then of course connect with them. So um, I've got a text line. It goes directly to me. Um, it's not some automated system where, you know, you're not actually talking to anybody. I will actually be the one responding. So, um, but you do have to text it. You can't call it. What you do is you just pull out your cell phone and you text the word info, I N F O and you text it to the number 877-771-0615. So text info to 877-771-0615. That'll send a message to the system. It'll send you a quick form to fill out. So we have your, your info. And then um, from there, I'll actually connect with you and uh, make sure you get access to the class or speak with you, answer any questions you have about the actual uh, investment options. Awesome. Well, hey, Zach, give you the last word. You're talking to somebody that's on their way out of the military looking to run their own show, or maybe they're not sure what they're planning on doing. What kind of transition advice you have for them? Number one, don't lose heart. You guys know how to keep moving. You guys know how to improvise. You know how to adapt. You know how to overcome. I'd say start by actually taking inventory of your actual skills and uh, gain conviction in the value you bring to the marketplace because you've got a lot of value. But if you don't value it yourself, nobody else is going to see it. So take inventory, get serious about understanding uh, the value you bring, bring that to the marketplace and know that uh, just make a decision that nothing's going to stop you. It's a non-negotiable. That was the decision I made. Um, I'm not saying it's going to work out the same, right? But I've had lots of bumps and bruises along the way. And so we cover the short story about how, how I got to where I'm at today. But um, man, there's a lot of tough nights. I'll tell you that much. So um, make just, just continue preparing for opportunity, continue, you know, doing the right thing and continue uh, being relentless. Awesome. All right, Zach, thanks for sharing your story and uh, appreciate it and look forward to your, you guys' future success here at Boron Capital. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. All right. These two Marines are asking Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.